Good morning, Twitter. I'm Saeed Jones. He, of course, is Isaac Fitzgerald. Listen, friends, the Black History Month from hell is almost over, but stay ready. Uh, it's not going down without a fight. Clearly, you're watching AM to DM. Almost over is, like, incredibly optimistic, <laughs> I would argue. For this February especially, uh, that's seven days. That's, that's seven days left. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot of game left to play. That's a good point. I, you know, to be honest, like thinking of the news cycle from the last like what eight hours, I feel like both the month of February and frankly the city of Chicago wanted to say, oh, oh, you want to see how much we can do in a mm. few hours? Like, mm. I mean, truly, I, guys, it it just it feels, it feels like everything like the news cycle has become this like mean joke and like we're the punchline, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's all absurd. There are no consequences. It's chaos. You know, even journalists are like, actually, I don't know what's going on with this story or mm -hmm. that story. <sighs> I'm just thankful it's not a leap year. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I am though. We're going to fight for Negro sunshine. We're going to fight for joy this morning. Uh, it is February 21st, which means it is the birthday of the singer and pianist, uh, classically trained Nina Simone. Uh, mm. Just wonderful, of course, mm. you know, uh, Mississippi Goddamn, which is a song I've been listening to on repeat later uh, lately. You know, it's just like, she's a really important um, black icon, and so we're gonna remember her today. I like that. So to hold her up. I just grab onto that little, little, little like piece this. of joy. <laughs> I really appreciated your attempt at that. But let's dive into the wreck. Lisa Tazi tweeted, Jussie Smollett is under arrest after turning himself into Chicago Police Department officials who wanted him for filing a false report. Adrian Lawrence, the only legal mind AM to DM trusts. I have her on retainer. <laughs> she joins us right now from LA. Uh, Adrian, we've got to stop meeting like this. Oh my goodness, people are keeping us busy. Girl, they are giving us work to do. Uh-huh. Let's get into it. We know there's a press conference going on in Chicago right now, so this is very much a developing conversation. For now, though, what do we know about the charges that have been filed against Jesse Smollett? So we know that the actor has been charged with what they call in Illinois disorderly conduct, and that's basically filing a false police report. And in Illinois, that's a class four felony. That's no joke, essentially. He's looking at one to three years in prison, and he'd also have to pay up to a $25,000 fine, which could cover the cost and expense of having police run around town and expend their resources trying to find out who did or did not assault him. Okay, so that kind of sounds like the worst case scenario for him there. What could be like the best case scenario for him at this point? Uh, well, the best case scenario would definitely be either his story turns out to be completely true and he makes a mistake, or maybe there's a plea deal because one to three years in prison is not, it's not a good setup for him. It's, it's not a good setup at all. I know you alluded to this last night um, that you said, listen, if the grand jury uh, decides to give an indictment, as they now have, that also has consequences for his contract uh, at Fox Studios, uh, which, you know, he's on Empire. Can you talk about that? Um, certainly. Uh, I don't know exactly what his contract says, but I can tell you it's a very standard contract provision that would kind of have a clause in there that tells you if you get into anything bad and it's not a good look for the company or even just for your own brand, that we can cut you loose for cause. That's very standard across the board. And it would definitely be something that they may want to invoke in his situation. But we know as of right now, Fox, uh, they issued a statement saying they were going to stand by him. But now they're are a lot of kind of rumors swirling that he would at least be suspended 
But essentially, he is messed up with his money and possibly his freedom. Wow. All right. Now, I, I want to kind of broaden the aperture a little bit here. What implications does this have, especially if the story turns out to be false, uh, for people who report real hate crimes? Uh, you know what? It's completely and totally unfortunate because we live in a society where it's a very blame the victim mentality, in part just because those who in power would prefer us to kind of like fight amongst one another. And unfortunately, if it turns out that his story is false, then it continues to play out that narrative and give some bolstering and backing to the thought that victims can't be believed. And it very much hurts members of marginalized groups because, as Smollett had set up, that this was a homophobic and a racist attack. And and those are two very marginalized groups already in society who face attacks every day that are legitimate. So by virtue of the fact that if it turns out that this is all false, my God, he set us all back. He set us all back, which is just a lot to think about. And even as you were talking, um, now hitting the timeline, we have images of Jesse Smollett's uh, mugshot uh, being released from the Chicago PD, which is, of course, powerful. Um, but this leads me to this other question. Let's talk about the Chicago PD, okay? Let's talk about Laquan McDonald, uh, you know, that recent case. Let's talk about leaks. Like, listen, you know, um, it is fair that some people are skeptical of the CPD, and this has also been a factor in the story. So how do we reconcile um, the ongoing developments in the case against Jesse Smollett, innocent until proven guilty, while also trying to make space for, listen, police departments are also problematic at times. You know, and the thing is, that is a really good point, that there are instances in which police, um, they engage in misconduct, and we've seen that numerous times, and it has made people distrustful of them. But we also can look at the situation with Smollett and also see that this was a very high profile case and situation based on all the media press and everything going into it. So to think that Chicago PD would muck this up, so to speak, or not put all their resources into it when the world is watching is not necessarily um, kind of, I guess, maybe the most rational way to go about it. There is a chance, a pretty good chance that they put all their resources and options and opportunities into this that they may not necessarily have done for just an ordinary citizen. In part, you have members of Congress calling out the situation and calling out the allegations that Smollett had uh, provided. So a lot of people are watching and it, it just makes it difficult to really want to think, you know, Chicago PD is just messing this up. And also we have to Consider there are also two witnesses who were the uh, accused attackers who are saying, you know, hey, Jesse, just speak the truth. Yeah, Jesse, just speak the truth. Ooh. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Adrian. Thank you. Um, overnight, I saw this tweet from Jamila, and I wanted to share it with you this morning. She said, no matter what, there is no reason to feel foolish or guilty for believing Jussie's story, because as wild as it was, uh, America has always been even wilder. Uh, just recently, I saw a governor's wife stop him from moonwalking after telling a story about m doing Michael Jackson blackface. Oh. Yeah, remember that? Oh. Remember that? That's This is the thing about, like, if you were to tell me a couple of weeks ago, like, for me, it was like, oh, well, this February can't escal escalate any further. But it really has. So I just wanted to ask you, kind of like friend to friend, how are you doing with this? How's this news affecting you today? Uh, it's a lot. And, you know, people have been texting and, and, and talking about this privately as well. You know, one, I feel like, as always, America, and let's just say the news cycle, has asked a lot, uh, has asked a lot of all of us, and certainly asked a lot of people of color, like, lately. It just feels like we're 
constantly being tested emotionally. Yeah, this is sad and depressing. I know he's innocent until proven guilty. That is his right, and I believe that. I also believe that no matter how this pans out, it's been taxing. Mm -hmm. um, I know that I believe at least two black trans women were killed the same week um, as these allegations first came out against, you know, with Jesse Smollett. And I don't know their names. We, you know, they, they, that, that, their names are not being held up. They, those stories have not been given the same amount of attention. And I just say that, that like, it, it's draining and there are consequences to this chaos. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I hope that at some point we have some clarity. I don't understand why anyone would, would fake a hoax mm -hmm. um, given, you know, the pervasiveness of hate violence, given that the uh, gay or trans panic defense is still a legal defense, as Jabuki Young-Wyke was saying the other day on The Daily Show. Why knowing all of that, anyone would do this? Yeah, I think that is the question that so many yeah. people have this morning. The question is, why? Well, let's take this to the timeline. The developments Ooh. in the Jesse Smollett case are a lot. And we, to be honest, have no more words. Mm. So with that in mind, tweet us your reactions to the news this morning using gifts, just gifts. Just gifts. And the hashtag am to dm We're doing the best we can, friends. Well, here's a tweet from Mashable culture reporter Chloe Bryan. Uh, I wrote about the reply guys. Hey, reply guys, please don't reply to this. In that piece titled The Curse of the Twitter Reply Guy, Chloe writes, a lot of people, mostly women, have noticed that one or two men always, no matter what, reply to their tweets. These men are known as reply guys. Chloe Bryan joins us now. Good morning, Chloe. Good morning. All right, thank you so much for doing this piece. Um, let's get into it. Uh, what are some of the defining characteristics of your typical reply guy? So a reply guy is basically someone who has made it his business to reply to most or all of a woman's tweets. So people who have noticed they have reply guys will notice that it's almost as if these people have like notifications turned on for their tweets. They'll always say something or they'll like it and it's speedy, and it's with this um, strange familiarity. Like, I don't know any of my reply guys personally, but they speak to me as if we've been lifelong friends. Mm. Like they've known you forever. Now, for this piece, you spoke to two scientists who kind of made this uh, helpful graphic covering different types of reply guys. Could you walk us through a few of those categories? Yes, so it's called Nine Reply Guys, and it's sort of like, it's sort of like a Dungeons and Dragons -y scale. So they go from the well-intended to the reply guys that are in super bad faith. So a couple of my favorites are number two, the tone police. So they'll tell you things like you seem mad or you could be making a good point, but your anger is distracting me from that point. Very classic masculine behavior. There's the cookie master who is totally devoted to making you believe he's a good man. So that he's the exception to the rule or that all other men are bad except for him. And this is one where there's like often sort of this uh, underlying horniness to the replies. Like he really wants your attention. Um, there's the mansplainer who's number seven. And then number nine is called trolls, creeps, and fools. And this is basically just the beginning of targeted harassment. Targeted harassment. Um, I, <laughs> we all have our reply guy stories, uh, and, I, and I appreciate that you know that you're like, listen, often they're making points that they think they're being edgy, but you know, another woman or people of color or many people have made the point well before them. Do you have any stories about your own reply guys? I do, I do. Actually, when I tweeted the story yesterday, 
the, a couple of the first people to like the tweet were reply guys. So I was like, is this an admission of guilt? Like, are you telling me you know what you're doing? But um, I had one recently who... And I think this is a situation that mirrors what a lot of people go through with reply guys. He started out liking tweets and then he started to reply to all of them. And eventually, you know, I got weirded out. So I stopped liking his replies to send a signal. But then he started following me on every other platform and DMing me on every other platform. And then I started to get freaked out because, you know, especially as a woman online, you never know how a situation is going to escalate. So I ended up blocking him. So, I mean, if he's watching, I- I've blocked you. Please, yeah. please stop communicating with me. But I think a lot of people have that experience and not just women. Like you said, people of color, the LGBTQ community, it's really pervasive. Absolutely. Uh, uh, please stop replying, dude. Leave us alone. Uh, <laughs> Chloe, really, thank you for doing this piece. It's going to help a lot of people. Of course. Thank you. All right, let's take it Ooh. to the timeline, Twitter. Do you have a Reply Guy story? I don't know why I'm asking that. Of course you do. Let's hear them <laughs> using the hashtag AM2. Dudes, please think before you tweet. All right, before we go, uh, I am wanted going to, to read, read something that I was supposed you, to read. Saeed. <laughs> I'll let you do yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted to read this tweet from you, Saeed. <laughs> I know a lot is going on, but shout out to every single one of those embattled politicians in Virginia who, I guess, just aren't going to have to step down. Like, LOL and bravo, nothing matters. Do whatever you want. Chaos reigns. And with that story in mind, of course, Virginia, uh, USA Today tweeted this. We looked at 900 yearbooks across the country. Racist images showed up at every turn. What an incredible story this was. The imagery, of course, very upsetting. Yeah, it was pretty stunning. I mean, it was one of those stories where I was like, oh, I'm glad they did this um, because, of course, it's not just about Virginia. The history of blackface in our country is pervasive and contemporary and ongoing. Mm-hmm. But even in that own story, the USA Today editor there, uh, she ended up writing a very thoughtful column that she was like, actually, based on this reporting, I realized that when I was at Arizona State University, a yearbook that I edited in 89-90 had blackface images in it. Um, and so, you know, I appreciate her candor, her accountability, and again, breaking into the story, I think, in a report. When the story becomes about yourself, I do have to say the apology was very, very thoughtful, and we will, of course, tweet it out so that you can read it. Listen, we've got another great show for you today. Oscar winner Anna Paquin is here. I'm so (laughs) excited. And rumor has it that David Mack will be quizzing Saeed and I on our Oscar knowledge. I bet you've seen Green Book by now. Up next is Fire Tweets. Welcome back. We know the news is crazy, but we're just going to keep laughing to keep from apocalypsing. So uh, let's get into these fire tweets. This first one comes from Young. Just flew back into Dallas on Spirit Airlines. Uh, When it was my turn to fly the plane, I was a little hesitant, but I must say I got the hang of it very quickly. (laughs) Very well done. Listen, I feel like dunking on Spirit Airlines is like a theme, a genre of tweets. So when you can come up with a new way to do it, I the bar was, is high. It, it just jumped it, right it over. It was very, very good. It was very good. <laughs> well done. I tweeted, son, school just got canceled. Me. Oh, shit. What did it do? <laughs> nah, man, it was a snow day, Dad. 
It was a snow day, don't worry. No 80s yearbooks in its past. It was a snow day, that's right. It was acting Caucasian and wilding, and thus it was found to be problematic. And we're waiting for that notes app apology from school. <laughs> All right, let's get into this one. Also, a username for the ages, 18,000 matches on twin- Tinder. Okay, boo. <laughs> you tweeted, everyone thinks their workplace got drama, but my coworker's husband died of a stress-induced heart attack weeks after she told him about her affair with our boss. And when she was on bereavement and posted pictures on vacation in the Bahamas, our boss posted separate grams of the same place. Now, listen, we can't fact check this. Let's bring some literary analysis. We can't fact check this tweet, but good Lord, what a story. Yeah, I don't care if it's true or not, to be honest. Are you not entertained? (laughs) Did you not get your life? It had twists. It had turns. Shout out to it. Here's the thing, though. Workplaces are wild, so I could see it being true. I'm not naming names, but I have definitely seen coworkers who were like, swore they weren't dating or anything, and I'm like, yeah, but you were both at this resort. You left your locations on that Instagram post, and I can see that you're both there. (laughs) Michael Benjamin tweeted, all right, it's time to let my personality go fucking crazy. Every dad talking to a waitress. What is that about? It's just time to make the puns. It's time to make the puns. Okay. Yeah, you guys, it's like, it's like, yeah, step up to plate. Make the waitress laugh. I love that I explain dad jokes to Saeed all the time. Not a dad, for the record. I didn't Not a grow dad. up with my father. Oh. <laughs> the news has pushed me to a place where all of my jokes have gotten dark. Yeah, now. real dark. Real Let's dark. do this. But it's fun. All right. Tweet of the day comes from Evelyn, and it is hilarious. Evelyn tweeted, This customer walked in 10 seconds before we closed, and she had the audacity to yell, Yay, I made it. Bitch, you made what? Made me mad? <laughs> Yay, I made it. Rude. I feel like we're giving a lot of lessons today. I, y'all gonna learn today? Don't be a reply guy. Uh, don't walk into a restaurant or store even like 10 minutes within closing time. Just and definitely don't cheer down. if you do. Definitely don't cheer. <laughs> All right, well, let's take this to the timeline. Tell Woo. us about a time at your job where someone just pissed you off. Just let it out. Let us know using the hashtag am to dm I'm going to let the timeline handle that. I've never had an experience like that. Okay. What you guys are talking about. <laughs> Coming up, I sits down with Oscar winner Anna Paquin. But up next, we're going live from the district where, you know, of course, reply guys run rampant. So, that's great. Welcome back. We're going live from the district. Here's a tweet from BuzzFeed News. A Coast Guard lieutenant stockpiled weapons and ammunition in a plot to assassinate Democrat lawmakers and members of the media as part of a vast white supremacist attack. Prosecutors said. Cool, 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 cool. BuzzFeed News politics reporter Nidhi Prakash joins us now. Nidhi, I say good morning, but why lie? Yeah. Let's just leave it at hello, shall we? Uh, it's greetings and salutations, coworker. Uh, well, yes. what do we right. know about this Coast Guard lieutenant? These allegations are horrifying. Yeah, um, so basically we know that he had uh, a list of Democrats and uh, members of the media, as the tweet said, um, who he specifically was planning to assassinate, um, which is terrifying. But also he had broader plans of kind of like inflicting broad violence on Democrats and members of the media as well. Um, so, I mean, that, that's the specific uh, plans that the police found. Um, on top of that, he did have stock, uh, firearms that he'd been stockpiling, uh, and he also was in possession of some steroids and some other drugs as well. So that's what the police have found so far, it sounds like. 
That is wild. And I've seen the pictures of all the ammunition and the weapons that he had stockpiled. Let me mm -hmm. ask Nitty, uh, what is his armed service history? Right. So he was uh, based at the Coast Guard headquarters here in D.C. for the past two years. And before that, in the past, he'd also uh, been in the Marine Corps and he'd worked for the National Guard for a couple of years at a time over the past sort of like 15, 20 years. Okay. And I also understand that um, investigators found some very disturbing evidence based on like what he was searching for online and emailing mm -hmm. to himself. Can you talk about that? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, definitely. So um, one thing that they found definitely was that he'd sent multiple messages to himself and that he'd written a lot about white supremacist ideology. Um, he had at least one draft that he that seemed like he'd planned to send to a neo-Nazi leader in America somewhere. Um, he, you know, had written various other messages to himself about that kind of ideology. Um, they also found in his Google history that he had Googled uh, something along the lines of what happens if President Trump is illegally impeached, um, that he'd Googled how to access members of Congress, and that he'd Googled the Democratic Socialists of America. Okay, do we have any idea how he was caught and what charges uh, is he facing? So, so far he's facing firearms and drug possession charges, and that seems to be how law enforcement found him in the first place. Uh, now, following that, they basically then uh, searched all of his stuff and found all of this other evidence that he was plotting this very specific attack and uh, that he'd also had all of these white supremacist uh, rantings as well that he'd written. So uh, law enforcement has suggested that they will be filing something additional along those lines. So far, he's only been charged with firearms and drugs charges, however. Okay, quick. Little question, uh, Nitty. Uh, of course, it's not lost on me that just in November of last year, right ahead of the uh, midterms, of course, there were bomb threats and everything, and, and that happened. So I would think uh, that our country would be high, high alert for terror. Has the Coast Guard said anything about the fact that someone like this could get this far into organizing a presumed terror attack and almost, you know, be able to act on it? Yeah, look, I think... It's really telling that law enforcement found this guy because of the firearms charges, as opposed to having been aware of his, you know, specific plots against the media or against left-wing politicians to begin with. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think it's clear that they're looking at that despite this kind of string of threats that we've had and even attacks. I mean, it's not quite as extreme as what this guy was planning, but even last week we saw that there was a reporter who was shoved at a Trump rally um, by someone who was there. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, here's a tweet from CNN. Justice Department preparing for Mueller report as early as next week. Now, I, that feels, I mean, it feels like it's been a long time coming. But Nitty, is there any way to truly be prepared for this? Honestly, I think we're all as prepared as we'll ever be. Um, this is also something that I think we have heard before that it's coming soon. Mm -hmm. um, this appears to be a little more specific that it could be next week. But again, that comes with a sort of like a, uh, a caution as well that that could change. So I'm not sure how seriously we should take this deadline. Um, obviously, if it does happen next week, it could be when uh, the president is... Uh, at a very interesting summit in Southeast Asia, so. Right, yeah, no big deal. He just may be in Vietnam meeting with <laughs> Kim Jong-un of North Korea. Uh, right. Well, before we let mm -hmm. you go, uh, we also wanted to talk about this news uh, from BuzzFeed News reporter Zara Hirji. 
climate denier William Happer is in line to lead a new committee uh, advising the White House on national security and climate change, according to the Washington Post. U.S. security agency, of course, have repeatedly said climate change is a security threat. Uh, this story is pretty wild. Mm -hmm. So um, who is William Happer and what is the significance of him being in line to lead this committee? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, as Zara said, that uh, he is a well-known climate denier. This is, you know, very well, um, well evidenced. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, I guess, about him is that he was involved in a failed EPA initiative to debate climate change. So this seems like a sort of a second go around of that kind of attempt. Great. Well, cool. Can't can't wait to see how that pans out. Um, Nitty, as always, <laughs> everything's crazy, but you make me feel sane. Thanks for joining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. All right, friends. Uh, up next, I speak with Natalia Abrams about the student loan crisis. Yeah, you remember that? That's also just happening. Stay tuned. Brick TV tweeted this in response to a company offering employees the choice of a student loan payment or a paid vacation. Loan relief or paid vacation? Why not both? The student debt crisis is just one of the many issues we will tackle at our next be Heard Town Hall. Right on. Natalia Abrams, the executive director of Student Debt Crisis and speaker at the upcoming Brick TV Be Heard Town Hall, joins me now. Good morning. Good morning. All right, let's just get into it because it's a big story and, of course, it impacts so many people. Uh, student loan debt has reached an all-time high. Um, why is it such a big contributor to the widening economic gap? So we have $1.5 trillion in student loan debt and 45 million borrowers that hold that debt with an average of $37,000 to $40,000 uh, on average. So right there, you can see if you have student loan debt versus not, you're going to be struggling. But we see, uh, we recently did a survey last November and more than 80% of borrowers that took this survey, and that was like 8,000 people that took the survey, have less than $1,000 in their bank account. Um, more of these borrowers, their monthly student loan payments exceeds their monthly food bill. So that should just give you a little snapshot of how this helps or is increasing this widening income inequality gap. Right. It changes everything, right? As you yeah, know, people everything. Pay more for loans than they are for food in a month. Well, let's continue to follow that line of thinking. What does this mean for borrowers of color? It seems like they are disproportionately impacted by student loan debt. Yes, in fact, uh, women, uh, black women are the most impacted group of people with student loan debt. And in fact, they hold over $10,000 more than their white male counterparts. We also know that after 12 years, African-Americans still owe more than originally borrowed. And so they're not, it's supposed to be a 10 year repayment plan, which is a joke at this point. Most people take 20 to 30 years. It's becoming a mortgage, but we're seeing, you know, it disproportionately, excuse me, disproportionately impact uh, borrowers of color. Women hold two thirds of the debt. And then we're also seeing this with senior citizens that have, we see about 40% over 60 in default. So it's affecting everyone but you know if you're a white guy you're doing probably much better than everyone else 
Right, right. Well said. Um, well, You're a white girl. Right. <laughs> right. Well, we have a tweet here from Cody. Cody tweeted, listen, I was the first in my family to graduate college. My parents and I had over $100,000 in student debt. This is a crisis for me personally and for the entire economy. Um, I've heard so many stories like that. Um, what kind of financial decisions are people with lower incomes forced to make when burdened with this kind of student loan debt? Well, they'd be lucky to have that decision of a vacation or paying for college. I don't know many low-income people that are, you know, taking tons of vacations. So that's such a ridiculous question. Um, you know, we are just seeing a lack of financial education in our country. People do not know how to pay for college. They don't know what to do when they get out of it, repayment plans. And that's definitely d different between the low, uh, low income workers and high income workers who we know just get that through having accountants that they can pay for or some money guy that takes care of your money. That's not something I grew up with. And it's definitely not something that people with lower income grew up with. So right from the beginning, you're starting from a disadvantage and that only continues throughout the process. Right. I want to take an opportunity to put, to put together some clips we can tweet out for people who are overwhelmed with student loans that they can just use as an answer to assholes uh, who don't empathize. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Okay. One question. Um, what would you say to someone who blames lower income income borrowers for taking out these student loans in the first place? Screw you. No, um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that we. I would say, how on earth can we allow a 50-year-old businessman with an accountant to go bankrupt and start over again, but an 18-year-old or 22-year-old that's taken out college loans with zero education is stuck with that for the rest of their life, and if they default, they will have money taken from their paychecks, their Social Security. How is that fair? Yeah. We're just talking about a fair shake. We're not talking about handouts. Yeah, and, and another point on this. Do you think federal loaners misled students, misled borrowers? Yes, I think it's a failed experiment. I think the entire student loan system is a failed experiment, which is why we need to reset and create some type of free or debt-free college and forgive most, if not all, of the debt because they have been screwed over by a system that, especially on the back end, makes zero sense even to policymakers that have been doing this 40 years plus. It is a failed experiment. Absolutely. Well, Natalia, I could talk to you about this all morning, but fortunately, <laughs> you're going to be able to continue this discussion at Brick TV's Be Heard Town Hall on Wednesday, February 27th. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right, friends. Up next, Isaac sits down with Oscar-winning actor Anna Paquin, the star of Flack on Pop TV. Excited about this. <laughs> This is The Sit Down, and I'm here with Oscar winner Anna Paquin, star of the new pop drama, Flack. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you play a publicist. We want to play a clip real quick. Let's okay. take a look. <laughs> so, what do you know about us? Okay, um, Mills Paulson PR. You've got offices in London and LA and New York. You cover everything from media training to brand management, career strategy, and specializing in crisis management. We don't use the word crisis. We call them challenges. Now, the woman in the Death Star is Caroline. She's the boss. If you ever see her smoking inside, don't mention it. And when she sends you out for lunch, she wants fresh steamed broccoli and salmon sashimi from Taro. Make sure you put the chopsticks in the bag. She won't use them, but she'll be offended if they're not there. <laughs> no, that's your character, Robin. Yes, Tell us Robin. about her. So Robin is this really high-end, very, very uh, efficient publicist who does 
what she just said, specializes in challenges. Mm, challenges. Um, <laughs> but her whole uh, private life is riddled with challenges because she kind of, you know, puts all of her energy into taking care of her clients and none of it into looking after her own life. She's not taking care of herself at all. Kind of no, not even slightly. Not even slightly. Kind of an anti-hero. No, you, very much so. Why do you think it's important? I, I feel like we're seeing a few more of these roles going to women as opposed to men. Well, because women are people too. <laughs> And people are not, and people are not perfect. Exactly, and, and they have I challenges. No, but I think it's you know it's important and it's very realistic to depict women with all of our flaws and strengths on television and in movies the way men get to be depicted. Amen, full Thank stop. You. One woman character that recently, Olivia Pope, much beloved fixer. I've actually seen Scandal. Oh, good Lord, definitely should watch it. It's incredible. But this show's kind of trading politicians for celebrities. So I wanted to ask you, who do you think's messier? Oh, God. I'm, I, I, I feel like it would be... Uh, uh, Better that I don't answer that. <laughs> I feel like that's you maybe saying celebrities, but not I'm willing not sure. to say it. I'm not. No, I'm not sure that it is. But uh, <laughs> okay, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're I gonna pass like, on that. I feel one. like I need to pass on that question. That's fair. I feel like this is a very politically interesting time in this country. A little charge. We were talking earlier in the show about reply guys, guys that harass people on Twitter. You aren't trying to garner any reply guys this morning. I'm just gonna, let's say, move it along to something a little more uh, morning friendly. And, and focus on you. Let's talk about that. You've <laughs> had the same publicist since you broke into acting as a young child, 11 years old. You win an Oscar. Uh, do any of your character have any of the uh, same attributes as no, your publicist? Actually, really and truly, no, because <laughs> I don't really run in the kind of fame for fame's sake circles. Okay. Um, I. I work, I publicize my work, oh. and I'm quite boring otherwise. Which I will say, it's amazing. You've had such a long and storied career and not a lot of getting into trouble. So well, it's not no, because your I, publicist is out there making... No, she's not a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm quite dull. You're quite dull. You don't give her any fires to fight. Not really, no. That is absolutely lovely. You did come up in this world, though. Uh, are there any other... Maybe that's why there's no fires to fight, because I was always very aware that everything you do is potentially going to be news tomorrow. Yeah, because you were born of this world. Yeah. You aren't just new to it. Uh, what was that like? I don't really have anything else to compare it to, so... Mm -hmm. It's pretty hard to be objective in that way. Mm -hmm. Are there other actors who are kind of glowing up right now or who you kind of came up with whose work you admire? I mean, yes. I'm kind of drawing a blank right now just because. <laughs> <laughs> like, were there any other young stars that you remember, were, like, when you were young as well, who you feel like have, have had the same kind of career that you have been able I to? I mean, have? like, Natalie Portman and Claire Danes. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's a bunch of us that sort of, you know, walked the straight and narrow and mm. sort of just had normal childhoods, went to college, mm -hmm. and then continued to be actors. Uh, Julia Stiles. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's there's a few of us. Not yeah. a huge number, but yeah. But absolutely. I mean, you also, you met your husband, of course, Stephen Moyer, while working on True Blood. Yeah. Uh, and he's even directed you a few yeah. times. What's that like when you kind of come home uh, from being directed by your husband? What's the home life like? I actually love it. Yeah. Um, he's incredibly talented, and he also knows me as an actor better than pretty much anyone, mm -hmm. and knows exactly what to tell me to get me to do exactly what needs to happen on screen. Mm -hmm. And 
that's actually an incredible luxury. Yeah, do you find do you find that you have a kind of a, a, so a language? It's so, it's so easy. easy. Yeah. And it's, can, can he push shorthand. you in directions? Oh, absolutely. And he, but he doesn't even have to say much because we're so connected. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. No, it's really amazing. Do, do you do you do you feel uh, that that it comes into your home life at all? Do you feel like basically would you recommend working working with a spouse? Well, for me, yes. <laughs> but I you know, like if you're married to Stephen Moyer, absolutely. But also, we met working together, mm-hmm. so that was our entire relationship. Exactly. So. so, but I feel like maybe if you are together with someone and then you work with them, I don't know. I can't predict. <laughs> All right, absolutely. We wanted to play just a quick little game with you here, and I'm going to oh, explain. No, you're going to do great. Uh-oh. Don't worry about it. Uh, I wanted to. It's, it's basically one's got to go. So I'm going to list three things, okay. and you just have to name one that you drop, all right? Uh-oh. <laughs> all right, so one's got to go. You ready? Sure. Social media. Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. One's got to go. Facebook. Facebook. Gone. Love it. Uh, one's got to go from your own catalog. X-Men, Fly Away Home, or Almost Famous? Ooh. Um... Fly away home. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. It's all right. It's a Ge- hard game. Sorry, geese bite. <laughs> You're like, that was a pain one, painful one to make. No, just like, and they, they poop everywhere. Like Geese are not the best co-stars. Not That's so what I've been told. Not so much. That's what I've been told. Absolutely. One's got to I mean, go. the movie's beautiful, but like. It is. It's gorgeous. You're up there flying. But my co-stars flying. were like. Pains. Not pains. awesome. Yeah, they weren't the best. One's got to go uh, science fiction fantasy. Vampires. Fairies. Zombies. 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 Get rid of them, right? I have no affiliation to zombies. So. <laughs> none. No loyalty. None needed. Uh, one's got to go celebrity. Your publicist, your manager, or your agent. I decline to answer that. Decline like- to answer. This is why Anna Paquin has had such a long career, ladies and gentlemen. Also she- because I've had all of them forever. So. Every single one. Can I just, I just, what is that relationship like? Is that Loyalty I mean, is everything to me. Really? Yeah. It's just like that is the most, and you're loyal to them because of that. Yeah, but also just like they become family. They become family, absolutely. All right, so one's got to go. Co-stars, not geese, I'm sorry. Hugh Jackman, Kate Hudson, or Stephen Moyer? Obviously Stephen Moyer. I, mean, <laughs> I get to see him all the time at home, so bye-bye. You can be like, I, I, um, and I just wanted to ask one last question because the Oscars are obviously coming up on Sunday. Do you have anyone that you're particularly rooting for? You're an Oscar winner yourself. Any advice for anyone? I haven't seen any of the movies. You've been busy working. No, I have small children. <laughs> Which is work. No, Which is that work. is huge amounts of work. Um, we saw Mary Poppins. Uh, and did the kids like it? They loved it. I loved it. It was one of those, like, all, everyone wins, you know? I love it. Do you have any advice I for just, any of the winners on the night of? Oh, God. I, I think I screwed that up royally because I stood there and, like, didn't say anything for, like, 25 seconds and probably got, like, played off with the music. So I'm pretty sure I'm in no position to give any advice. I'm pretty sure winning an Oscar at 11 is uh, a pretty good move, speech or no speech. Thank you so much for coming on this morning. Really appreciate it. You can watch Flack on Pop TV. Up next, David Mack is hosting an Oscars trivia game that's pitting me against Saeed. I hope there are questions about Anna Paquin. Oh, dear. (laughs) Welcome back. I'm David Mack, and it's time once again for a game we're calling Do Oscar and Saeed Remember Anything About the Oscars? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 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 so great to have you back, 
Damon, wow. loving the voice. Why? Does, 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 does David Mack uh, quiz show host have a name? Is there a name yeah, for yeah, this yeah. personality? Uh, the, this is just the accent I use to come through immigration and JFK. That's it. <laughs> I have some issues. This is the voice I imagine when I read all your tweets. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a gay host, Kevin Hodder shaking. Round one is General Oscars trivia. Isaac, say are you ready? Okay. Yes. What? <laughs> this is Wait, actually, who answers? Do we both answer? No, you can just yeah, say whoever it's says whoever it okay. first. It's very technical. This is really hard. What film won Best Picture last year? <laughs> oh, God. The Shape of Water? Yeah! Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Because wow. I was hoping it was Get Out. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was the fish fucker. Okay, Lady Gaga <laughs> is nominated for Best Actress for her role in A Star is Born. We all know that. Before her, which of these pop stars won an Oscar for Best Actress? Was it Beyonce, Barbara Streisand, or Madonna? Barbara, Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Oh, I'm afraid Draw. I am not gonna let a straight man beat me on a oh, question. I love you. Um, got me smooth. You, you don't up. own Barbara. All right, you don't own Barbara. <laughs> gay rights. Here we go. In 2017, there was the famous Moonlight and La La Land mix-up. Mm. Right. Mm. Can you name any other film that was nominated for Best Picture that night? Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> uh, Moonlight, La La Land. <laughs> But the, <laughs> there's a few. There's a least little like, hint. Selma was Selma. No, I'm afraid not. Give a hint to one. Okay, uh, a hint to one is that it, uh, people. Uh, there's two here. People often mixed up the names because they had black cars, so they were like, "Oh, there's." Black cars? Black cast. cast. I know cast. exactly what you're talking about. They had black cast, and the people would always mix up the name right. of the red carpet when they were asking oh, the questions. Oh, fences. Yeah. Fences and Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. Hidden Fences. Hidden Fences was a great movie. I loved Hidden Fences. Oh, God. Florida. Yeah, it was great. Okay. <laughs> the score now is that uh, Saeed has three, Isaac has one. We gave you both a point for that one. Oh, wow. All okay. right, I'll take that. The time is now for round two. Hashtag Oscars. So problematic. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. This is where we rake up all the shit that went down. <laughs> now, okay. In what year were only white actors nominated, prompting April Rain to coin the hashtag Oscars So White? 2015. Holy crap. Yes, that is correct. Wow. Okay. Yes. An ally. Let's Keep be, going. Be, I was going to say 2014, so shout uh, out to uh, Very good. All right. When Seth MacFarlane hosted in 2013, he sang a song with the line, We saw your blank. I'm not saying it on television. <laughs> Didn't he make a Harvey Weinstein joke? Maybe, but he, the song that we're talking about, We saw your... Blackface? <laughs> uh, it was boobs is the answer. Oh, okay. Yeah, we okay. Sang, he sang a song, We Saw Your Boobs. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was like the whole song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. all about just seeing actresses' boobs. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yep, yep. Yeah. Not a lyric. That yeah, was no, a whole no, song. No, that was the whole song. Okay. okay. People uh, are going back to the 80s to find problematic shit. This shit's <laughs> happening like not that long ago. Speaking of blackface at the Oscars. That's always the sentence I love to hear from you, Dave. I know. <laughs> Who did blackface the at Oscars. the Oscars in 2012? Oh, shit. What? 2012, blackface at the Oscars. What? 2012, okay, wait. A very famous host who's hosted many times. Not as good as I am, but that. <laughs> was it Ellen? It was. 
It was uh, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. He does a Sammy Davis Jr. impression. Oh, wow. Okay. 2012. 2012, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Can't keep up. Not surprised. Speaking of my dear friend Kevin Hart, how long after Kevin's apology for homophobic tweets was he asked to step down as the 2019 Oscars host? It was like three the days. Same time. Oh. It was a trick question. He never apologized, and he only did when he quit. I remember. I got the receipts. Okay. <laughs> All right, the score is still 3-2, but we're gonna do uh, extra points in this round just to make it interesting. Okay. I'm gonna show you a famous Oscar dress, and you have to tell me what film the actress won for. Okay, Where are we looking there? You're looking here. All right, first up, first dress. Who is what? A uh, monster. Ah! Monster's ball. Ah, correct to say it. All right, Holly Berry now, looking beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. The second one, let's go. Uh, Shakespeare in Love. Oh my God, he is I feel like this is a little rigged. Because that was a Miramax film uh, produced by Harvey Weinstein. Oh, oh we, we <laughs> problematic. Just the problem never end here. Okay, here we go, number three. Aaron Brockovich. Yes! Vintage Valentino gal, uh, fact check. I just want to list the words that came to my mind. What? It was Catwoman. <laughs> it was Goop. And goop? the last he one went for Goop. Pretty, pretty woman. woman? Pretty woman. Okay. That was, great. Those, were, those, those would have been my three guesses. All right, we got two more. Here we go. Oh, is this uh, Moonlight? That's Cher. Moon something. Moonshine? Moon. Moon. Uh, hug, moon barf. What was that? Moon dance. <laughs> that was me being struck. By oh, moon moonstruck. Moon barf. Oh, is that what was happening? Yeah, that was. Oh, I was, that was, was struck. I was moon barfing. Okay, last but not least, and I'm gonna give you 100 points for this one. Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Winter's Bone. Blah, blah. No. Isaac, for the steal. No. Opportunity to uh, steal. Oh, I was giving to steal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hunger Games. No. no. The movie she's in with Bradley Cooper. Yes. Um, Mad Mom. American. Not that American one. No, she, that was another one. It's the one where she's like drunk and angry, like she's the ex-wife and she's all pissed. No, no, uh, no. Oh, this Silver Linings where... Playbook. Yes. February. Yeah. Oh, oh, because February, I get a free ninety-eight points. Always find to win. Oh wow, the game is rigged. I'm being told that I'm not allowed to reward you 100 points. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, come on. It'd be good. It'd be good, okay, ladies so, and gentlemen. Uh, to give his, uh, the winner games. Oh, uh, my speech would have been good. Please give a, a speech to the, your, uh, your Oscar. Uh, I would like to thank all of the white people. Oh, I'm looking over here. I, I would like to thank all of the uh, inept decision makers, producers. Thank you. Caucasians who, <laughs> who made this possible. This was really fun. Thank you, David. Thank you. For hosting. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much for both for playing. Up next, these experts are reading a few more of your tweets. By the Welcome back. Before we get to your tweets, we wanted to share some new developments in the Jussie Smollett case. BuzzFeed News' David Mack tweeted out a clip of the presser. Let's listen. This announcement today recognizes that Empire actor Jussie Smollett took advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. Why would anyone, especially an African-American man, use the symbolism of a noose to make false accusations? Make these false accusations. A noose? This is 
It was. No, I'm sorry. It was good. It was really good to see, in my opinion, that police officer just get up there on the stand and be angry, to be upset, to be uh, not holding back. I appreciated it. I can appreciate that. I just, I, I'm still processing this in real time. I, um, I, there were no winners here. No one is. No one is of grace. No one is of clarity. Right? Like the Chicago PD covered up Laquan McDonald's murder. So I'm like, yeah, it is disgusting to see the way people will manipulate culture and power for their own ends. That also does not let Jesse Smollett off the hook either. You mm-hmm. know? And like, yeah, like the, the the noose. Literally just yesterday, we were talking about Burberry. You know, putting a noose and putting sending that down uh, the runway during Fashion Week. Right? Like, so it, it's just it's all deeply disheartening and it makes me so sad. And the only thing that I can think of in terms of a context is I think when a culture becomes so toxic, when from the very top of the power system in our country to people who are most vulnerable are just thrown into this whirlwind of chaos, I think this is what begins to happen. You know, like just just grossness. I think that is absolutely fair, but if the testimony that is coming out right now is true, he threw himself into this chaos, into this into this yeah. mix. And like you were saying earlier on the show, there are a lot of cases that have gone ignored. Um, and 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 I do think it, it's 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 going to be what we talked with Adrian about a bit. It's this idea that people that are, you know, putting forward. Re- basically reporting on real hate crimes. You already are scared to step forward. Now there's going to be one more moment where people are just like, oh, well, can we believe this? Do we need to second guess this? And that's just so upsetting. Yeah. So I'm sorry, that is, I'm just, I too am processing this in real time and I do have an anger towards it. So I'm just reflecting. I think it was it was powerful to see those statements made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's like I disheartened and if all of this is, is true, I'm absolutely disgusting. There's as I think there's the only thing more vile than than violence is like manipulative, you know, violence and, and behavior like that. But also, you know, I'm like, we all have something to own. And I think the Chicago PD, you know, I'm like it I'm just not, makes it hard. I'm for not me. letting the Chicago yeah. PD I get off that. the hook. I'm just saying I'm in saying terms in of this one how moment. I feel mm-hmm. like this morning, like I just like I'm hearing what he's saying, but I'm also trying to for myself resist like, you know, I, I just want to stand in the middle. I don't know. I, I I just feel like I've been pushed to a point where I'm like, I don't know what to say or who to trust at all, frankly, to be perfectly honest, um, because there were a lot of different agendas at play. Um, and as this become the nature of news in 2019, right, we are all watching this develop in real time and, and forced to, to make decisions. Um, but... This is terrible. Which is why we ask people to react with gifts. Totally. It's terrible. And tweet us your thoughts, guys, because, whew, I could use some clarity. Um, we asked you guys uh, to tweet your gift representations of how you feel about the current state of the case, because it kind of does define language, obviously, in my case. Uh, Braddy tweeted this classic image of Tyra Banks. We were all rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. God. And I saw there were so many gifts shared on the timeline, and yeah. it was just like, it was really good to see you guys uh, responding in those ways. Because like you're saying, it's hard to talk about these things mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, we also want to know a time at your job when someone just pissed you the hell off. Kirsten Baptiste says, oh. well, a client vomited all over my salon after proclaiming that she did not get the stomach virus from her kid. Yeah, Kirsten, I can understand why you were upset. <laughs> that seems Real messed up. <laughs> Did she offer to clean it up? Did she offer to stick around? I would be like, get out. Oh, well, they Right? Passed. Like, don't just go, right? I don't know. 
I, I no longer trust your capacity to clean, like, effectively. <laughs> you just threw up after lying about being sick. Okay, well, before you go, we want to make sure you check out the new live trivia game show Outside Your Bubble on Facebook. Watch uh, tonight at 10. Um, all you have to do is follow them uh, on this page to play. You might even win some cash. Uh, Brian Tong was on the show earlier this week with Stephanie, and he is a... Uh, that kid is a delight. People absolutely loved it. I know it premiered last night, and yeah. I think they have like 15,000 new followers oh, now. People okay. obviously really Gee. love the show. Get that money, honey. Get that money. Well, thank you to our <laughs> guests, Adrian Lawrence, Chloe Bryan, Nitty <laughs> Cash, Natalia uh, Abrams, and Anna Paquin. Yes, and tomorrow is Friday, which means it is our last, I think it's our last blackout show for Black History Month uh, this month. It's been fun. Hayes Browns is going to be co-hosting with me. I'm excited to host with him. See you at 10, and have a great rest of your day, friends. Ha, 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 ha.